who remembers that TV show, Get Smart? Okay, does anybody remember that scene? You know, I, I thought, oh, that's kind of dated. But I talked to some teenagers, and they're like, oh, yeah, we watched the reruns on TV Land. I was like, okay, great. So even the teenagers knew who, who get, who, what was the guy's name? Maxwell Smart. I was thinking Mark Smart. But that's a basketball player. Maxwell Smart. Um, yeah, and I think that just captures uh, just a bit of the, the theme for this series. It took us a long time to find a phone booth in Denver. There's just, there's no phone booths anymore. And I finally found one when we got there, and of course, it's closed. Not working. <laughs> okay, great. But that's all right. That's all right. We have cell phones now. We don't need phone booths, right? Well, it's great to see you all here today. Um, if you do have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Proverbs chapter 4. We are going to be in verses 1 through 9. Use your smartphone. It's also in the bulletin. We have the entire scripture here in this middle part that you can follow along, underline, circle words, take some notes. I'm in Proverbs chapter 4. You know, over the last two weeks, I, I've announced some pretty tough stuff as a church that in order to be financially um, healthy and sustainable, we've had to make some cuts, and it's been kind of tough announcing that and telling people what's going on. But I have been amazed at how this church has rallied. This church has really come forward. A lot of people have stepped up to give financially, but also to give their time and their talents. I mean, even just this band, all willing to come and give their time, um, I I think that's incredible. We've we've had just so many people step up into different roles. We had people cleaning the church yesterday morning. Um, Yeah, so it's just so incredible to see everybody stepping up. Uh, We had a special meeting after Turbulence, our youth group, on Wednesday night, and I'm so amazed that Bill and the the entire student ministries have stepped up and they were rallying together at first you know they were kind of tough like announcing some of the tough news but then I'm amazed by our teenagers here we have some incredible youth in our church and they're like we can come up with a plan we, we got this we know how to work together so I, I'm just amazed by that so I, I want to continue to see that it's such a great thing to see that so that we can move forward faster right good okay so Proverbs chapter 4 verses 1 to 9 When I was younger, I really wanted people to respect me. I wanted people to look up to me and think, this is a guy that's worth listening to. And it was especially true for me because I felt God called me to be a preacher when I was just 13. And I was thinking at the time, like, I can't be a preacher. What do I have to say? Why would anybody listen to me? And I was really kept it on the DL. I didn't tell anybody that God had called me to do this for a long time. And I finally started to tell a few people here and there. And I remember telling someone, uh, probably towards the end of high school, that, yeah, I, I want to be a pastor. And the person looked at me and said, oh, you mean like a youth pastor? And I was like, and youth pastor, that's amazing, but I'm not very good with teenagers. Even as a teenager, I knew I wanted to be good for that. That wasn't my calling. My calling was to preach to adults, but they assumed, you can't talk to adults. No adults will listen to you. That's what the assumption was for this person. And I got that multiple times. And I realized then, or or at least I thought I knew, that you have to be old to be respected. You have to, in order to have wisdom, in order for people to look up to you, if you have anything that people will listen to, you have to be older. And so I thought, well, I guess I can't be a preacher for a while. And I've shared some of my testimony that I basically put it off, and I wasn't trying to be disobedient. I just thought, you have to be older for people to respect you, to be thought of as a wise person, to have anything to say that will help anybody else. But I confused what wisdom actually is. I didn't understand it. I didn't grasp it. And I think most people do in general. They don't understand what wisdom is or what it means to be a wise person. How do you get there? I think very few people understand that. And I, ho- I think some of you are in that boat too. A lot of times we think you have to have this great big white beard and wear funky clothes and live in a cave if you want to be considered wise. Right? You have to go sit at the feet of the Dalai Lama 
in order to gain wisdom. But that's not what wisdom is. That's, that's a, the wrong idea of what wisdom is. And I want us to learn today and through this series what wisdom is and how we can get wise. Because we can. We can all do it no matter our age, no matter our background, no matter if you did something really boneheaded this week. Who did that? Okay, anybody want to raise their hand? Okay, a few people made a boneheaded decision this week, did something stupid, said something that you should not have said. Foolish, right? No matter where you are, no matter your age, we can all get wise. And that's what this series is about, and especially our message today. So we're in this new series in Proverbs. We just finished up Galatians last week, and if you missed that series or any of it, it's all online. You can get all the audio, all the, the video for those messages. There was 11 sermons in Galatians. And now we're going to be entering into Proverbs. And if you know anything about Proverbs, this was the ancient Twitter. Right? The ancient Twitter, because it, they crammed all this information and thought into like 140 characters. So much information, like entire lifetimes of knowledge are crammed into maybe one sentence or two sentences. That's really what the Proverbs are. And this book is kind of unique in the Bible. There's just crammed in this wisdom in this book. And it comes in a section in the Old Testament that is called the Writings. It's called the Writings. It includes Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Job. These are called the Writings because they, they don't necessarily follow the history of the Old Testament. They aren't prophets speaking from God. It's just wisdom and learning that we need to have in our lives. And because God wants us to be wise. He wants us to be the wise person, the respected person that people listen to. He wants us to get there. So he's going to give some of his truth so we can get there as well. In this book of Proverbs, the first nine chapters are actually a little bit different. Most people think of what comes after in chapter 10. And and we're going to spend most of the series there, but today we're going to start in chapter 4 since it comes in that intro section. The first nine chapters of Proverbs are longer things. They're like maybe entire lectures that were given, entire stories that were told. But then once you get to chapter 10 on to almost the end of the book, it's these little pithy sayings, right? The tweets. And that's what we're going to look at. A lot of different topics are covered in there. So today, as we look at this introductory chapter, this introductory section in chapter 4, we're going to see three different things of what wisdom is not. What wisdom is not, because most of us don't understand what wisdom is. And then we're going to see three truths about what wisdom is before we wrap it all up in what? Big idea. Okay, if anybody, if you've heard me preach before, we're going to wrap everything up in one big idea so you can take it home with you. So would you read with me uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1. I'll, I'll read that. It says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. We'll stop there for right now. So we overhear this teaching. It's a father teaching his son some wisdom. Father teaching his son. And he's even referring to things that his father taught him. There's these three generations passing on this wisdom. Passing on this wisdom. And what's really interesting is that this is the father here. In verse 1, it said, A father's instruction, pay attention and gain understanding. I think that's really interesting because this wasn't homeschooling. 
This wasn't because the father was sharing wisdom. He wasn't trying to teach calculus or algebra, wasn't trying to figure out um, you know, history or teaching anything about geography. He was teaching wisdom here. And the reason why I point that out is because this wasn't, this wasn't taught to the son or, or to us, because we overhear it. This wasn't taught to the son for this person to get smarter. It wasn't. It wasn't so that they could pass an exam or, or get a good career. This information was passed on as wisdom. So our first point that we're going to glean from this is that wisdom does not equal IQ. Wisdom does not equal IQ. It's not about your intelligence. That's not what the Father is passing on. I mean, there's some things you have to learn in your mind, of course, but it's not so that this person could get smarter and get a good grade on a test or, or get into a better school. That's not what the Father's concerned about. He's concerned about wisdom. And I point that out because a lot of us mix these two things up. They think that just because someone's smart and has a lot of letters after their name, then therefore they are someone to be trusted with wisdom. Not necessarily. There's a lot of smart idiots out there. There's a lot of people that have more degrees than Fahrenheit and yet don't know how to do life, right? So wisdom is not intelligence. Gerhard von Rad, who's a great German theologian, he describes wisdom as to become competent with regard to the realities of life. Wisdom isn't about learning, reading, writing, arithmetic. It's about these realities of life that we need to understand, how to live. We all know people who are smart in one area, but they don't take that smarts to the rest of their life. They might be a great business person, but yet they're on their fifth marriage, and they're wondering why it isn't working. Well, what's the common denominator, right? Okay, well, what's going on? So this other person, they're, they're a great athlete. They're really smart when it comes to getting out on the field, and yet they're a terrible business person. They try to have all these businesses and waste all their millions of dollars. They, they just don't have the wisdom. The, the smarts don't carry over from one section of life to another. We also know, you know great actors, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good politicians. Right? Just because you're smart in one area and you have a lot of intelligence and a lot of learning doesn't mean you have wisdom for life. This is the wisdom that the father was passing on to his sons and in turn is passing on to us. Daniel Goleman had a great book that came out in the late 90s called Emotional Intelligence. But he heard of this concept, emotional intelligence. I think that's a lot closer to what wisdom is than just Intelligence. So he even had a thing called EQ, um, um, you know, emotional quotient instead of uh, this intelligence quotient that people are ranked on. Because he found that IQ helps to a certain point, but once you get above a certain level of IQ, it doesn't help you to be smarter in the world. If you want to succeed in life, it doesn't. In fact, what he found correlated more, correlated more with whether you would do well in life and succeed was this emotional quotient. Were you able to handle the emotional relationships in your life? So people that want to have success, even in business, they need to have this EQ instead of IQ. I find that's a really interesting study, and that's a lot closer to what wisdom is than IQ. And wisdom in this regard is different than what we've talked about a lot with Christianity. So some of you in here are not Christians. This is a great week to be here. Because when we're talking about wisdom and growing in wisdom, this is something that anyone can grow in. Anyone can. And if you're a Christian, it's not just a black and white thing. Sin or not sin. 
there's a whole range of our life that's kind of a gray area. What do you do here? How do you operate in this relationship? That's where you need wisdom. Tim Keller wrote that wisdom is knowing what to do with the 80% of life where moral rules don't apply. It's not just what you say, but how you say it. It's not just should you be in this relationship or not, but how you should operate in that relationship. This is the wisdom we need to learn, and we all can learn this wisdom together. We have to learn things like tactfulness, timing. You might say the right thing, but you say it at the wrong time. You need to learn how to operate in different situations of life. That's what wisdom is. It's not IQ. But look a little bit further. In verse 3, the father says, For I too was a son to my father, still tender, so still just a, a little child, and cherished by, mother, by my mother. And then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Why I point this out is because he's saying, When I was a young child, that's when I was gaining wisdom. You too, as a small child, can gain wisdom. So the second point, that wisdom is not age. It does not equal age. There are young people who are full of wisdom. And there are old people who are as foolish as the day is long. They get into all sorts of messes. And and a lot of people mistake this. They, They think someone, because they've been around, that all of a sudden you should listen to them. No, no, no. And some of us think, well, I've been around. I, I've seen a thing or two. That doesn't mean we're wise. It doesn't mean we're wise necessarily. So for those of you who are young here and you're saying, hey, I, I'm not wise yet like I was, saying I'm too young for people to listen to me. I, I can't say anything that will be helpful to anyone. You can gain wisdom. The father's challenging his son to gain wisdom. He doesn't care how old he is. You can gain wisdom no matter what your age is. For those of you who are a little more experienced, that doesn't necessarily mean you have wisdom. So you too need to get wise. We all need to do this, no matter our age, because wisdom does not equal age. But there's a third thing that I think is really understand, really interesting. In verse 5, when he says, get wisdom, get understanding, he then says, do not forget my words or turn away from them. So here's the third thing, that wisdom does not equal experience. It does not equal experience because we can forget what we have learned. I know people that have gone through incredible tragedies in their lives, and they come out much wiser. They've learned so much by what they have gone through in their life. They felt the depths of emotions. And those people come out wiser after the trial's over. I know people that have gone through the same trial and come out bitter and angry, cynical, hating everything. They have gained no wisdom. The attitude you have through life is what enables an experience to turn into wisdom. Because it doesn't have to. It can go the opposite way as well. It's the same thing that we need to evaluate our life as we're going. If you don't talk about it, think about what's going on, you probably won't get wisdom from an experience that you're going through. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, said that we live life forward, but we understand it backward. If we go through an experience, we need to look back at it if we want to gain wisdom from it. Because... Wisdom does not equal experience. The, the, the other thing I want you to understand from this is that, like he said, don't forget it. Wisdom must be remembered. You can go through a trial, learn a great thing, evaluate it, and then forget it a couple years later. We can't do that. 
We need to gain the wisdom and keep accumulating it. This is why the people that journal really can get ahead in life because they're remembering the things, writing it down, talking about it, the things that are happening in their life so that they don't repeat the same mistakes, that they're able to help people in similar situations later on down the road. They have gained wisdom through their experience. So we've seen now three things about what wisdom is not. It's not IQ. It's not age. It's not experience. And all those things could correlate with wisdom, but they're not in themselves wisdom. So now let's look at three things about what wisdom is. What is wisdom? You know how I said it, it's the father talking to his son and saying, I remember when I was your age, and this is what my father said to me. So there's these three generations here. And this wisdom is getting passed on. So that's our next point, is that wisdom is passed on from others. It's passed on from generations, passed on from one person to another. This is what wisdom is. It, it, it's passed on. It's somebody else going making this mistake, so you don't have to. You can learn from them. The things that they've gleaned from their life and their experience, and, and they've made it into wisdom, they're passing it on to you. You get it with a much cheaper cost, right? It's passed on. Now, if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, it's ascribed to Solomon, King Solomon. At the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, it says the Proverbs of Solomon. Now, this is interesting. People debate whether Solomon wrote the whole thing because there are different authors cited throughout the book. There's different authors cited. There's a guy named Augur and Lemuel, and there's even a section that just says, you know, from the wisdom from the sages, basically. So there's different people that contribute to this book. So people wonder, did Solomon write it or did he not? I, I think that's the wrong question because I really think he put his name at the very beginning of this book because he's like the editor. He's the compiler of all this wisdom. He was wise because he knew wisdom was passed on. So he was taking the wisdom from the world and taking it and saying, okay, let's put it into a book. And he's guided by the Holy Spirit, compiling all these different wisdom from different sources. So did he write everything? Maybe. I, I do think that in this section, we're supposed to imagine Solomon talking to his son. I think Solomon wants us to see it that way, whether he wrote this section or not. He wants us to see his father, who was who? David. David, the king after God's own heart. This great man of Israel, the, the second king that, that really did what God wanted him to do. Yes, he had some major sin, but he also repented of that sin. And, and so we can imagine Solomon saying to his son, saying, hey, listen to me. I remember when my father, David, the king, the, the, the man after God's own heart, I remember when he told me, this and I want to pass it on to you. So we're now in that chain of being passed on. Okay, this wisdom is getting passed on from generation to generation, from, from David to Solomon to us, that we have this wisdom. And, and another interesting about Solomon, if, if you know about his story, he also did some crazy stuff in his life. But in First Kings chapter three it says that David or I'm sorry, Solomon prayed to God and he asked him for one thing. What did he ask him for? Wisdom. He said, God, I just want wisdom and discernment. I want to know how to be a good king, a good leader. So give me wisdom. And God, it says, was pleased by what Solomon asked for. God says, you didn't ask for more power or more money or, or any of that stuff. You asked for wisdom, so I'm going to grant it to you. And God gave him wisdom, and he became the most wise person in the world. People would travel from all over the world to hear his wisdom. You may know the story about him saying to the, the mother with the young child. They're fighting over whose baby it was. He says, well, just chop the baby in half. And one of the moms like, oh, no, just let her have it. 
And that was Solomon in his wisdom being able to figure out who was the actual mom of this child. This very famous story. So people wanted to learn his wisdom. So people were coming from all over the world. The queen of Sheba, the queen of the south came up. She was one of the most well-known prominent people in the world at the time. And she came just to sit at Solomon's feet and learn wisdom from him. So this is the Solomon who now is teaching us through this book that he has compiled saying, you need to learn wisdom too. It's being passed on now. I got it from people and I'm passing it on to you. Will you take it? And it's, you know, really important for us to remember this. Those of us who are young, especially students in here, oftentimes we think that our parents don't know what they're talking about. And they might not. In a lot of situations, they don't quite grasp how our world has changed and how rapidly things have changed. But Alexander Pope, the British poet, wrote this. We think our fathers fools, so wise we grow. Our wiser sons, no doubt, will think us so. We need to realize that one day we're going to want to pass on wisdom to those who are younger than us. So we need to learn from those who are older than us. Children, we need to honor our father and mother and learn from them. They still have wisdom to pass on to us. Yes, we can still evaluate, but, but say maybe they're wiser than I am. We already talked about that age does not equal IQ, but there is something that age, a lot of times, does bring wisdom with it. So we need to do that. And parents... This is really important. Those of us who are parents in here, don't just teach your kids so that they will get into a good school. Don't just teach your kids so that they will be a great athlete on the field. No, no, no. We must also teach them wisdom. How to live life, that 80% where it's morally ambiguous. Okay, what do you do in this situation? How do you handle it? We need to pass on wisdom to our children and not just hope they get into a good school. Proverbs um, 1522 says that plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. I point this out, and this is one of those pithy sayings from later in the book of Proverbs. I point this out because we need to learn that we need to get wisdom from a lot of different sources. We need to glean wisdom from as many people as we can. When you have a situation in your life and you don't know what to do, you need to think of who can I talk to that can help me have the wisdom for this. Or else you're going to make all the same mistakes that everyone else does. You might think you're smarter, but like we said, IQ does not equal in wisdom. It does not. So let's get wisdom from a lot of different people. Let's listen to the advice of others. Have a lot of advisors. So I want to challenge you to do this. Think of people in your life that are, are, are Christians that have a lot more wisdom than you. Or, or even in the business world. Okay, Who is it that has wisdom for this area of life and I can learn from them? Maybe it's someone that you don't even know. You can read their books. You can listen to their podcasts. Who are the advisors you have in your life so that their wisdom can get passed on to you? I, I do challenge you to choose your advisors carefully because what I have found is that there is not a single person in the world who does not want to give you their advice. They may have zero kids and yet they know exactly how you should be parenting your children, right? Maybe people who have never been married or have been divorced multiple times and they'll tell you exactly how to have a good marriage. There's people that want to give you advice. That doesn't mean you should listen to them. And if you're around them a lot of time, you're just going to take their advice because you don't have anything else. So we need to choose our advisors very carefully. We need to think about who is it that we're getting our information passed on from. We need to think of people that are, are strong in the faith, that we really respect. Maybe people here in the church. Get to know some people. Saying, who has the wisdom I need? Maybe even for just a certain aspect of your life. 
who, who can help me with this? Who can help me with parenting? Who can help me with my marriage? And learn from them and, and hopefully don't learn their flaws while you're doing it. Just gain their wisdom. Evaluate it and, and get multiple people. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Did you notice that there's a command here in verse 5? And there's two very quick commands. Get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. And then jump down to verse 7, where it says, The beginning of wisdom is, is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. So these two short commands show up twice, don't they, in this section. Why I point this out is that our second point about wisdom is that it is attainable. It's attainable. Like I said, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, it doesn't matter how foolish of decisions and things you have done, you can get wisdom. That's why there's this command here. It's attainable. You can get it for yourself. In in verse 7, I'm sorry, in verse 5 and 7, that word for get wisdom, get understanding, is the Hebrew word kana. And that word was actually used for financial transactions. If you wanted to buy a good, you would kana it, you would get it. So this is saying you need to purchase wisdom. Okay, some of you who have spent so much time thinking about and praying about and trying to get that house you want, okay, it's a lot of work putting into it. That's how much work we should put into getting wisdom. At least as much as it takes to find that next pair of shoes, right? Okay, this transaction, you, we need to get wisdom. We need to think about it. We need to go out of our way to get wisdom because it is attainable. We have to choose to attain it. Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insights as well. We need to buy, buy, buy. We need to get this, this wisdom as much as we can. We need to get it and attain it for our life. So this means when we do have those relationships with people who are wiser than us, whether they're your parents or friends you know or people in the church, we need to have a teachable attitude. It's so easy to think we, we know it all and, and when we hear their advice, we're like, ugh, again. But we need to have a teachable attitude because maybe there's wisdom that we can attain from them. I also want to challenge you to read through the book of Proverbs. Do you know how many chapters there are in this book? 31. How many days are there in a normal month? 31. I know some people, I've talked with some people in this church who read through the book of Proverbs every month. One chapter a day. They read through it and then read through it again because I guarantee you, you're not going to learn all that stuff in one reading or in 10 readings or in 100 readings. So we need to read it over and over again. So I want to challenge some of you to think about that. Could you over this next month or maybe starting on the 1st of August say, I'm going to read through Proverbs because I want to attain wisdom for myself. The other thing, like we talked about earlier, that we need to evaluate our experiences. We need to think very carefully about things if we want to gain wisdom for our lives. We need to think how it applies to my situation in the situations in my relationships in life. John Piper said that God gives the treasures of his wisdom through the tenacious task of our thinking. When we think well and deeply and hard about things, we can gain wisdom. When we think, okay, what does this proverb that I'm reading right now, how does that apply to my life? Think through it. Chew on it. All day long, all week long. Think, how does that apply to my life? How how can I get this wisdom for myself? Thinking is how you're going to attain wisdom for yourself. And the last point I want to say about attaining wisdom is that we need to ask God for it. Did you know that in James chapter 1, verse 5, there's a great promise about wisdom? 
In James 1.5, we are told, If any of you need wisdom, you should ask God and it will be given to you. Isn't that a great promise? If you need wisdom, if you lack it and you don't have it, you can ask God and he'll give it to you. He's generous. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants you to be wise. So maybe you should start there saying, God, I need wisdom for this situation in my life. This coworker that I can't stand right now, God, give me wisdom for that situation. I don't know how to deal with this child. God, give me wisdom. We should be continuing, continually asking God for this wisdom because it is attainable. Sometimes we just need to ask for it. And there's a third point now about what wisdom is that I want you to see. At the very end of verse 7, it says, Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Verse 8 said, Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. So our third point about what wisdom is, is that wisdom is worth it. It's worth it. It'll cost all you have, get it. There's this metaphor that we're seeing here. And it's kind of like dating or marriage. This, this woman, wisdom, cherish her and she'll exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. You need to go after this woman, wisdom, like you did when you were infatuated with that girl. I remember when Melissa and I were dating and I would pull out all the stops, right? Those of you guys who are married, you remember that when you were dating? Some of you, it was a few years ago. Remember that? how into that person you were and you'd do anything. You'd spend all sorts of money, travel all over to just go see them. And really, we need to remember that, those of us who are married, so we would continue to do that, right? But that's another sermon. But we need to know with that same, you know, effort that we put into that, 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 that desire to have that person, that's what we need to do with wisdom. We need to do whatever we can to get wisdom. We need to embrace her and we need to cherish her because it says if we cherish her, she will exalt you. If we embrace her, she will honor you. And this image of the garland, okay, that's if you just want to race. Okay, You get to stand out there and you get to be proud. Look at what I have attained. Present you with a glorious crown. You are the victor. You are the king. People respect you and love you. I started out this me- message by saying I wanted people to respect me, to listen to what I had to say. If you get wisdom, if you try to attain it, it's worth it. It's worth it because it will honor you. People will respect you in your business, in the church, in the world. People will see you and say, there's something different about this person because they have wisdom. I don't. I want to learn from them. People will be calling you up for advice and you're thinking, why are you calling me? I don't know. But they've noticed that you have something that they don't. You've attained wisdom. And that's why wisdom is worth it. Whatever it costs you, pay it. (laughs) Acquire wisdom. Gain it. It's worth it. So let's just wrap up this whole message like I do every week with a big idea. Let's wrap it up. So how are we going to put this all together? And this is real simple. You've got to get wisdom. You've got to get it. You've got to get wisdom. Whatever you do, get wisdom. Get wise. It's very simple. Through the rest of our series, we're going to look at different topics about marriage, about how we talk to other people. We're going to look at money. We're going to look at all sorts of different topics for our lives. But I want you to just have the attitude from here on out that I'm going to get wisdom. I've got to get it. I've got to gain more wisdom for my life because I need it. I need it. 
I, I, I'm dealing with some stuff that I don't know what I'm doing. I've I got to get wisdom. I've got to learn from people. I, I need to read the scriptures, dive in even more. Ask God, help me. I need wisdom here. We've got to get wisdom. You know, with the same tenacity that an athlete trains. Okay, they're up at 4.30 every morning. They're drinking their eggs, raw eggs, you know. They're punching cows. A little Rocky reference there. Okay, they're getting out there doing anything they can to win, right? They want to be the best on the field. We need to do that for wisdom. For those who want to be a doctor, they want to be great in their field, they finish up 13 years of regular school and then they go to four more years and then four more years and then they do their residency and then they're still learning throughout their entire career because they need to get this knowledge so that they can help people. We need to do that with wisdom. We need to be that tenacious in going after wisdom, getting it. You've got to get it. You've got to get it. So I want to challenge you. Get wise. I want to challenge you. I I don't care how young you are. I don't care how many boneheaded decisions you've made recently. You've got to get wisdom. It's time to do it. It's time to go after wisdom. I want to go back to one more point in verse 7. Did you notice how it says, Though it cost all you have, get understanding. As I was reading this, it made me think of something that Jesus said. Do you remember this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44? He said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So we've been talking about wisdom. But Jesus takes the same idea of whatever you do, get wisdom. Whatever you do, acquire wisdom. And he takes it and he gives, gives these two little short parables. And he's saying there's something that's even more valuable to get in your life. And if you get it, you'll be much wiser than anyone else. He says it's the kingdom of God. And, and really what that refers to is us believing in Jesus Christ, following him and learning from him as we enter his kingdom. Did you know that Jesus too grew in wisdom? It says in Luke chapter 2, 52. Meanwhile, Jesus kept on growing wiser and more mature and in favor with God and his fellow man. Jesus was human just like us and he had to get wisdom and attain it. He worked at it to learn how the truths of the world apply to his life. And what's even more interesting is that he had a conversation and in Matthew 12, 42, I'm going to pick this up. He said, the queen of the south, remember that was the woman who came to hear Solomon, all his wisdom. He said, the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. Who was he talking about? Himself. He was saying, I am greater than all the wisdom that Solomon had. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 1.30 we read, Jesus has become our wisdom sent from God. Now the reality is you don't have to be a Christian to gain wisdom. But you will be the biggest fool in the world if you don't get Jesus. That doesn't mean you won't be good in business or life or in marriage. You can be really wise when it comes to those things. But then if you go to the end, to destruction, because you did not know Jesus... Could you be any more foolish? I know this is a challenging word, but Jesus is the one greater than Solomon. 
Jesus is the wisdom that came from God for us. And if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and if we decide to follow him, we will gain so much more wisdom in our lives. It will be the most wise decision you will ever make. So I want to challenge those of you who are in here and you've been listening and you're not really a Christian or you're not sure where you are to get Jesus. Yeah, I want you to get wise. You can keep coming back every week because I'm going to teach you some stuff that will apply no matter whether you believe or not. That's the great thing about Proverbs. This is wisdom for everyone. But if you want to make the wisest decision you ever will make, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because he will exalt you and he'll give you the crown of life that will never fade away. I'm going to have the band come up and I'm going to say a prayer as we close our time here today. Um, Lord God, I just pray, I pray, Lord, that you would help us gain wisdom, that you'd help us acquire it, that we would have the right attitude, that we would have the right perspective when it comes to this wisdom, that we wouldn't just think, well, I'm smart, I know what I'm doing, but we would say, no, 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 it's not IQ, it's something different. That we would not just say, hey, I, I have some years, I have some experiences in my life. No, 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 I need wisdom. And God, I just pray for all of us that we would be able to attain it for ourselves. That we would get it passed on from our parents, from others in our church, from even people we know in the business world. Wherever we can get wisdom, Lord, help us to gain it. And as we go through this series over the next um, several weeks, Lord, I pray that we would gain the wisdom for all these different aspects of our life so that we could be the people who are wise, that people look up to, that they respect, that they see as mature. And Lord, for those in here today that have been challenged to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their heart right now and that you would not let them leave today until they have accepted you. I pray that you would show them that this is the wisest decision that they will ever make because you are greater than Solomon, greater than the wisdom of the world. You are the wisdom from God. Lord, we just come to you now in these last couple songs. Would you just help us to praise and worship your name? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.